Great evening, great evening, great evening, folks. Hey, this is Wesley, Billion Dollar Virgin here with another Millionaire Midnight Rant. It's approximately 12.04 a.m. here in Houston, Texas. CST time, and tonight we're going to do a Q&A here, okay? And what I like to do in these podcasts, you know, I usually start the night with a topic, but, you know, at least two times a week, I want to give you the opportunity to ask me questions here, okay? I think it's important. You know, many people ask me, Wesley, can I pick your brain? Can I pick your brain? And I think the best opportunity to do it here on The Rent, where you folks can post your questions below. I'm always um, open to go live as well. If you listen to me on the podcast, um, I do this podcast via my Instagram account, which I only have one, which is Wesley Million Dollar Virgin. So follow me there if you ever want to be live. But if you want to catch the replay, you can always go to Google.com, type in Wesley Billion Dollar Virgin Podcast. And I have about 200 plus rants here. Why? Well, you know, if success is what you want, you must understand that you must develop your mind and you must condition your mind for what you want. And that's what these rants do. I've had so many people share with me kind words about the rant and how it has helped them in all types of areas of life, not just finance. Some people just say, I'm I'm a better person now because of you. I'm a much more confident person because of the rants, which are free, by the way. So much love today. And if you're new, if you don't know who I am, uh, my name is Wesley Billion Dollar Virgin. I'm a black young man from Houston, Texas here, and I'm a self-made millionaire. I'm worth about $40 million. I'm in the digital marketing space. Um, some say that I am the king of the internet, and I would not argue with them. I'm do, I do very well in the internet online industry here, and I also have a ton of real estate. But other than that, I'm just a father of three lovely children. I'm not married. I work. I work out. I travel. And I enjoy my life, honestly. I'm living my best life yet. And I'm so grateful for the life that I have created and designed for myself. And what I do here for you, well, you know, I share my philosophy, the way that I think what it takes for any one of you to acquire riches here. Okay? So go ahead and put your names in below. Let me give you guys a shout out. Give me one second. Okay, I'm back here. Go ahead and comment your names below. Let me give everybody a shout out. While you're getting your questions ready to go, and listen, I do advise everybody to take notes because you may hear something from another person that may be applicable to you. So take notes here, okay? Hey, Beauty Wood, how are you? Ryan Silva, uh, Rangel. We have Zara, Danny, Jordy, Labia, Anna, how are you? Amanda, how are you? We have Wish, You Could Be Me. Lucas, Mike, Michael, Victoria, Park Nut, Lauren Goddess. Okay. Corey. Story of Samara. How are you? Let me see here. Ali, how are you, sir? 
We've got Akeef, Harris, Tim, Dave as well here. Hey, Sandra, how are you? Rubber bands, how are you? So, um, I'm doing very well, actually. So, and thank you guys also for the shares and the likes and the comments on under the Instagram video and on the podcast. You guys are living comments. Thank you so much for that, showing your appreciation because I do this for free. As you know very well, I do charge a ton of money to have conversations with me because my time is very valuable. Time to me is more important than money. And I love my time and I enjoy it. And if you want some of my time, well, you have to pay for it. Okay. All right. First question here. The key to success. What is the key to success? Well, let me give you my thoughts. Um, you know, before we can talk about the key to success, we first must define what success means to us. And I think this is a big problem when a person wants to become an entrepreneur. You know, the first thing out of their mouth is, well, I want to be rich. I want to be successful. But what they don't realize, because it's not taught anywhere, uh, but it will be taught in my prosperity schools, by the way. But what they don't realize, success to me may be different to Amanda. Success to me may be different to Chris or Tanisha or Megan, right? Or Larry or Lucas, what I want you to understand is before you can create or think about the keys to success, you first must think about, well, what does success mean to me? Like, how do I define success? How would I know that I am a successful individual? Does that make sense? So first define what success is to you. And, you know, for me, just, you know, over the past two decades, just really reading and understanding what success means to me and, you know, what I really wanted. What I really want is just to wake up in a blissful state. I just want to feel bliss and happiness and love and joy and kindness, right? In layman's terms, it's just important for me to feel good. As long as I'm feeling good, I'm successful, honestly. You know, despite if I don't make any money or if a company is not soaring or the company is not profiting the way I want it. But as long as I'm like happy and feel good, I'm a successful individual. Okay. Do you like the stoic philosophy? I do. The stoic philosophy, just to give you the brevity of it, is just talking about how to live as a minimalist. Now, some parts of it I agree with and some parts I do like. One thing about a Stoic, they're very neutral when it comes to their emotions, which means as Stoics, they don't tend to get overly excited and they don't tend to get overly down or sad or depressed about anything. They stay pretty much neutral in life. Um, and I'm like this, you know. I mean, I do enjoy life, but I'm a Stoic, right? It's not that I don't want to be overly excited about something. And I definitely don't want to be sad or disappointed and depressed and suffer. But I just see life, I perceive it very differently than the masses. Um, every moment of my life, to me, is just a blessing. Even the things that you may view as things that are horrific, terrible, painful. I just see every moment as a blessing. Even the moments that I'm irritated, annoyed, pissed off. It's just a blessing to me because it's just an opportunity to feel something. 
or it's an opportunity to recognize something and to think about it and to make a decision on how I want that to affect me in my life. So um, I, I definitely practice some parts of the Stoic philosophy. And I just go through the world just really appreciating um, as much as I humanly can, just appreciating life, um, appreciating my children, my parents, and appreciating you, actually, and just appreciating the entire, the entire experience of living. And sometimes, you know, when I'm laying in my bed, like I'm laying in my bed right now here, and I think about you. I do. I think about the people that follow me all the time because, you know, right before I go live, I'm thinking, oh, you know, what can I say to these beautiful people to help them? And when I think about you, it's, I want you to consider to think that way as well. And, you know, I get it that you want to be successful so badly and you want to be in a better situation. But sometimes we think so much about the future, we forget about the present moment. Like we just kind of glaze over what's happening in the moment and just appreciating the journey. You know when they say appreciate the journey, but, you know, no one never goes in detail. When... A person says appreciate the journey because maybe your journey is to be rich and be and to be a multimillionaire. Appreciating the journey is just appreciating even the moments that you feel irritation. Like when you get frustrated, you're like, damn, why is this not working? I don't understand. Like really appreciating that moment. Appreciating means that you're realizing that you're feeling a certain way. Like you're aware that you're feeling a certain way because you're not getting what you want. And then thinking beyond how you feel and say, you know what, maybe I'm not getting what I want now, but I appreciate this moment because I know this moment is teaching me maybe patience. It's teaching me perseverance. It's teaching me resilience, right? You know, listen, and there's so many lessons that you learn when you first make that first million or if you're on that journey to success. It's so many lessons. Some of you miss it. Right, because you're too busy living in the future because you want the thing so badly. But see, even the tough moments of your life, you know, those horrific, challenging moments of your life, well, there are lessons that are being laid down in front of you, such as resilience. You know, some of you are going through it right now. Well, maybe that's a lesson to teach you to be resilient because. Like, if you can't be resilient where you are now, if I give you a couple of hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars, you may not be able to handle that. That makes sense? Also, teaching you patience. Like, you're, you know, whatever company, whatever opportunity that you're dealing with right now, and you may be impatient, but maybe you need to learn patience first before you will be able to achieve the goal. So, life is giving you lessons. Teaching you how to be patient. Teaching you how to calm down a bit. Not to be so anxious. Right? Teaching you how to organize your mind in a way that you can be in flow. And once you're in flow, it's like the answers and the solutions to your problems that come easily. Okay? Next question for me here. Hello to everyone that just joined here tonight. Welcome to the rant. Um, when is your next vacation and where, and where is it? Um, I don't know. 
I've been so busy lately. Haven't really thought too much about vacations, honestly. But remember, my life is a vacation, okay? But um, I don't know yet. Have no clue. I'll be spending Thanksgiving by myself working because, well, you know, my children just older now. And, you know, daughter has a boyfriend. Other daughter has a boyfriend. My son, he doesn't have a girlfriend. But, you know, they're getting older and they're doing their own thing. And um, it's okay with me because I need to work. Questions for me. Questions here. What happened to the red light, blue light specials? You missed that, huh? Alexa, turn the lights red. There you go. Alexa, turn my lights blue. You missed that? Yeah, I know what you're thinking, Wesley. You're one bougie young man. I mean, what's going on here? I know what you're thinking right now as well. Wesley, is that Versace wallpaper? It is. That's Versace wallpaper there on my walls. (laughs) So, yeah. um, Yeah, I know we haven't did a red light special here. But, um, yeah. Alexa, turn my lights off. Next question for me. Talk to me. Wesley, what do you think about selling on Etsy? I just started. Do it. Do it, man. Go for it. You know, I want... Listen. I want everybody to listen to me, please. Um, I'm trying to get comfortable. Hold on. I got about a thousand pillows here. Who else sleep like me? I have about a thousand pillows in my bed here. I'm trying to get comfortable. Ah, uh, Okay. Had to get in the fetal position. All right, check it out. Listen, you know, I know at times you folks ask me, Wesley, should I do this? Should I do Forex? Should I do Etsy? Can I do this? Should I do this? Should I do this? You know, sometime in life, you just got to just do something, okay? And maybe that's something that you're currently doing is not going to lead to the riches. But what I've learned in my journey, I've learned so much from different companies that failed, like I've learned a lot and you may learn something in the Etsy journey that's going to allow you to do something totally different. So, you know, the point is just do something. You're like, don't, you don't have to ask people, hey, should I do this? Should I do this? Should I do that? Just go. Just go for it. Right. Because while you're trying to ask people and get their approval, you could have already done it for yourself. Okay. Let me see here. Are you into fashion? Example. Do you think for hard for fa- what? Do you for hard for fashion, or do you wing it or have a designer? Um, as you well, I don't post that much my fashion, but if you know me personally, I'm a very fashionable man. Look at my Instagram account. Some of my videos. If you look at my clothing, you would definitely think I'm a fashion mogul. But I do have a fashion stylist. I do have a stylist, right? Sax, he emails me or texts me pictures all the time of shoes and clothes and outfits all the time. So I would say that he is responsible for most of my fashion, the clothes that I do wear. Thank God for Q, 
because I don't have to think about what I'm going to wear. But the problem is I got so many clothes in my closet and I don't go anywhere. I'm always at home. I'm at the gym at home. I typically just don't go out, but I have plenty of clothes to choose from. So uh, I would definitely say I'm a fashionable man. Like when I step out, I step out correct. I step out. um, Let's just say if I show up at a place where you're at, you'll know that I'm there. Okay, you would know that for sure. Wes, do you have to be bad and evil in order to make it where you're at? No. You know, listen. You know, I think a lot of you are listening too much of that Illuminati stuff and, you know, all these secret societies. And then, listen, I'm not saying none of this stuff exists. I'm not, I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. But, you know, some of you guys get caught up into these conspiracy theories, you know, about sacrificing your sister and sacrifice, you know, because you guys keep watching the Internet and you're hearing about celebrities and what they're doing at these sex parties and how people are doing homosexual acts. Listen, I want I want you to understand this. You don't have to do anything evil or wrong. You don't have to sell your soul to make millions of dollars. Okay. You don't have to do nothing wrong at all to make millions of dollars, okay? I'm worth $40 million. I have not done anything wrong to anyone. Um, um, I haven't did any type of devilish acts. I haven't did any type of, like, nothing evil to be the man I am today, okay? And But I'll say this, some people do. I mean, some people are evil and some people are malicious, And some people do take advantage of others, and they do take advantage of the weak. But that's none of my business here, okay? But just to answer your question, you can be a great human being, and you can be extremely wealthy, okay? So, Wes, a woman can't help a man with a business. What if it's strictly business? I never said a woman can't help a man with the business. What I'm saying is, If a man wants to start a business, he should look to himself to create the wealth from the business. Okay? You don't need to find a woman because you believe that she's going to help you create or be successful in your business unless she's already a successful entrepreneur. Okay? I advise all men, all men that want to be successful entrepreneurs, to do it by yourself first. Honestly. Just do it alone. I'm not saying that you cannot do it with a significant other, but it's just highly unlikely, okay? And what, I'm, what I want you to understand is this, that it's more valuable and um, it's more desirable for you to do it by yourself. Even the women will agree with me. I'm pretty sure they would rather read a, meet a man that is already there financially than have to be with a man while he's struggling to try to build him up and get him where he needs to be. I don't think a woman, they don't, women don't want to struggle. They, I mean, they don't, <laughs> I mean, they will struggle, but they don't want to, right? I, I, I truly believe that a woman would rather attract a man that is already financially set. Does that make sense? Right? So I'm not saying that a woman can help you succeed. What I'm stating is that you should do it by yourself, okay? It makes the journey a lot much easier if you do it alone, by yourself. 
you create the man that other that women would like to be with. You create the type of man that is financially set, a man that is financially astute, right? So now you don't have to want her to help you with your business or your company. I mean, you're already there, right? You can help her. Make sense? I'm <clears throat> scroll down here, folks. Next here. I need I need I need to know the mindset of fake friends. Example, how do I determine if I have fake friends or am I being dramatic? Well, I mean, first of all, you need to define what a friend means to you. You know? Everybody has their own definition of a friend. I have a friend that lives in Romania. I never talk to him. You know, maybe once or twice a year on, on Skype. Cause we're just busy, but it doesn't mean it's not my friend. It's my best friend. He's really cool. When we get together, it's like my brother, right? But I think you first need to define what a friend means to you because everybody has their own different definitions and they have their own individual expectations of what a friend is. And a friend has been fake. Like you have to really give me more context than the word fake. Right? You said that they're not being a real friend to you. They, 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 they want, they're acting like your friend. Right. And if you feel anybody that's like that, if you f- even feel that a person is being that way towards you, then obviously they may not be a person that you want to be around. And to be very honest with you, if your goal is to be wealthy and rich, well, you need to cut off all your friends, cut off all friends anyway, unless they're wealthy or rich, they have a million bucks. Right. Cut them all off. Right. Because. Who you surround yourself with is who you eventually become. Wesley, do you think it's important for a man to physically capable of fighting to be masculine? Do you ever think of training martial arts? No, no. You know, you guys are watching too much Andrew Tate. You know, I like Andrew Tate. I never met the man. The only thing, only flaw I would say Andrew Tate has is he's a smart man, but he wasn't smart enough not to get counseled, right? They counseled him on social medias here. but uh, And he's into the martial arts, and he talks a lot about how you got to be. You don't have to fight to be a man. Are you kidding me? For what? I mean, you don't have to know how to fight. You can hire people to fight for you, right? I mean, that's not important. To me, that does not define a man if he can fight somebody or beat somebody up. To me, that's animalistic. That is very just childish behavior, right? I'm not saying that a man should defend himself if he, if his woman is being attacked or, you know, he's defending his family, but you know that is very unlikely to happen. Unlikely to happen unless you're in areas that that happens all the time. So I would not say that you being a fighter or one pick up martial arts is going to define you as a man because you can beat somebody's ass. Okay, not at all. I would say learn how to. Beat people up using your words, like, and not just beat people up, but start how to use your emotional intelligence. Intelligence is the key. Instead of using your fists, guns, and knives, and this overly aggressive behavior, learn how to use your words, right? Learn how to use your emotional intelligence to de-escalate situations, because it's not worth it, right? And the more you educate yourself, the more you'll understand that. You know, most altercations that get physical, it was never worth it. Just ego and how people feel. You're very welcome. 
I like, I'm loving it tonight. Are you guys, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, are you getting value here tonight? I'm loving tonight. I like these questions here. So you don't think I'll need these friendships to help me later down the line? Example, I may need to hold on to some of these connections. Explain what do you mean by connections? Why? Why do you need to hold on to anybody from your past? Explain. Give me more context. Okay. Was was you doing? I think you meant to say, "Were you doing?" Were you doing the seventy thirty rule when you was broke? Um, yes, I did actually. You know, after I was broke for so long, I started when I had a job. I started the seventy thirty rule. It's the Nasdaq, S and P, and Dow in U.S. trading, U.S. trading market on U.S. trading market. What do you mean? Are you asking me, can you trade the S&P and Dow? Like on Fidelity or American, Ameritrade? I mean, of course you can trade those things. You can trade right now, actually. Questions for me here. Jordan Peterson says, you are dangerous if you can read, write, and communicate effectively. Yeah, I agree with him, of course. That's very true. And as a matter of fact, you guys should write this down. Um, you know, I like Jordan Peterson. Very intelligent man. You know, I like listening to men that can communicate like him because obviously he's more advanced and he uses much more complex words than I do. And just the way that he articulates himself is just absolutely fascinating. Right? And if you want to speak that way, just listen to this man all the time. That's all you got to do. Right? For years. But he did say something that was very profound about a man is dangerous, not because he has a gun or a knife or he has hands of steel. A man or a woman is dangerous if he can read effectively, write effectively, and communicate effectively. Because, listen, if you can, if you can read effectively, that means that you can learn new things. If you can write effectively... I mean, you can write to people to get what you want. If you can communicate effectively, then you can communicate to people. You can persuade people. You can get people to believe in you. You can get people to side with you um, about whatever you want them to side with you about. Does that make sense? It's very powerful. Extremely powerful. I mean, the first thing I taught my children is how to communicate effectively. It's very important. And I suggest this to all parents. Teach your children how to communicate and how to write. Like when my children text me, you know, sometimes they do what you do. Instead of writing out because, they put BC. Instead of writing out you, they put the letter U. I said, don't do that. I said, do not be lazy in language. I correct them all the time, and they hate it. It's okay. But I'm going to continue to do it because when they do that, even though they think it's not, they think it's just trivial, right? Oh, it's not a big deal. It's just my friend. It's just you. I said, no, what you don't realize is you're becoming an adult. And whatever you do now as a child, as a teenager, will be it will bleed over in your adult life. You'll be texting like this in your adult life. And then you'll be texting the wrong person or sending emails. And I know some of you are like, oh, I know how to do the switch. No. Okay? It's just better not to do it. Like when you text, when you write comments, when you write emails, you never want to abbreviate words that are not meant to be abbreviated. Like, I drilled this in my children. I said, don't do that. Don't write that way. 
And I know they still do it, but they'll get it. Trust me, I'm still going to correct them. Because, see, they're going to realize that as they get older, they need to set themselves apart because it, eventually they got to have a career. Eventually, I don't know, they're going to start a business. You have to be able to navigate the world. And people that can't communicate, the people that can't write nor read, well, they work at McDonald's, at Walmart. They're the people that make $20 an hour and below, okay? They park cars and they're, you know, concierge or restaurant workers. I'm just being honest with you, right? It, just, it is what it is. They have the low-level type of careers and jobs. And that's not what I want for you, okay? You have to continually understand, hey, Giselle, that you must set yourself apart from the masses. See, many of you don't want to be like the masses, right? Like the majority, right? The majority of people are average, poor, struggling financially, don't know what they want at a job. So you don't want that, right? Well, if that's not what you want, then you can't be like the masses. I mean, the masses text like that. Like when they write the word you, they just use you because they're lazy, right? Instead of saying, what are you doing? They put W-Y-D because that's just lazy, okay? This is not the way to communicate in the business world at all. Business people don't communicate like this at all. You think Jeff Bezos is writing BC for because? You think Warren Buffett is writing W-Y-D? Like, why would he do that? To me, it's ridiculous, right? So you have to start to realize that you have to separate yourself from the masses, okay? For real, we speak and type in a half African-American vernacular English yeah, you know, listen, this is very pervasive in Amer- African-Americans. You know, I can talk about this because I'm black, obviously. You know, it just, we have never been taught how to speak properly. And a lot of you ask me, so, well, Wesley, you know, how, how did you learn how to speak the way that you speak today? Because many people, you know, they used to call me, oh, you're a white boy. You speak like a white man, a white, you know, whatever. I, I've heard it all. And let me tell you something. I was very lucky, Okay. Because every job that I had, and I'm just being honest with you, I had I, w- I had positions that were with a lot of white people, a lot of Caucasian people, and they spoke this way. So I didn't pick up too much of the jargon and of the slurred language or, you know, not pronouncing my words properly and enunciating because I worked in environments where I was around a different culture of people, okay? So, but still I had to advance. I still had to learn more words and um, learn more about how to articulate myself properly here. So I became more advanced. And, but listen here, all of you can do this, especially all my black people here. You know, this is a very, this is a struggle for a lot of you. It's a big struggle for the blacks. Um, because the black feel so black people, they feel so comfortable how they speak and how they talk, you know, and they be like, y'all, what y'all doing? Y'all going over, you know, (laughs) it's insane. But listen, you can change that. Okay. You can change that. And not being able to speak effectively will hurt you in the business world, even in your career choice. I had, um, somebody I know that's close to me or used to be close to me. And they're the same age as me, and they worked at a grocery store, 
And I remember every year, and this was like 15 years ago. I don't know. It was a long time ago. And every year he was trying to get a promotion, right? And he was obviously qualified because he'd been there for about five plus years. But every time, and we used to go back and forth because I was trying to help him with his interviewing skills. And every time he will go interview for a job or for the position to be the manager or the supervisor, a place that he's been working in for about five plus years, he couldn't ever pass the interview. You know what he would tell me? He said, Wesley, when I sit in the chair and I'm talking to the manager, which I know him, right? I've been working with him for the past five years. It's just like I don't know the words. I freeze up, I pause. So what he was saying, he just can't articulate himself. And this happens to a lot of people, by the way, not just him, right? Because people never think that way, you know, especially as a teenager, as a young adult, we never think about how to communicate is so important in life. It's, it's extremely important. Um, not just interviews, you know, with your husband, with your wife, with the person that you're uh, intimate with, with your children. You know, communication is very important. And I said, well, the reason why, young man, is because you don't know any words and you're around people who speak broken English. Okay. <laughs> just the truth. And if you ever want to get that position, because he was passed over, um, I mean, several times, all because he just couldn't articulate himself, honestly, he just couldn't do it. He just didn't have the words. I said, you need to learn new words, man. Learn new words. Get around people that speak well. Watch YouTube videos. And that's the advice I'm giving to all of you as well. Like if you don't speak a certain type of way, because if you notice how I speak, just pay attention to how I use my words, right? Listen to how I pause. Listen to how I pronounce syllables, right? Like you can speak this way as well. All of you can. But to do that, you have to listen to people who speak well, and you can do this by watching YouTube videos. And that's another reason why I ask you, I make a suggestion that you got to separate yourself from your friends, you know, just your college buddies, your high school buddies, childhood friends, because they all talk the same way, same type of dialect, right? And then you put yourself in a setting where you have to be a bit more professional and you can't say anything because you don't know what to say. Because you feel nervous. You ever met a you ever met a grown man? He's in a different setting and he's trying to speak, but he can't make eye contact. You can tell he's nervous because he's afraid that what he's you know, how he's communicating is just not it's gonna be a bit inferior. And it is. Right? And you can notice the anxiety. You can see you can't even look in the eye. You're looking to the left, looking to the right. You know, it looks insane, right? So definitely learn how to communicate effectively, learn how to write, and learn how to read, okay? They must be having a party downstairs here. Uh, let me see. The next question here. 
But did that make sense, ladies and gentlemen here? And listen, if you want to learn new words, I used to listen to this CD set called Word Power. But you can go on YouTube and type in learn new words. And you can just listen to words when you're driving to work. And you can challenge yourself to use that word in a sentence, you know, with your coworkers or with anyone. Okay, I I still do this today. You know, learn new words, you know, every week. Do this, learn new words, add more words to your vocabulary. Do you know that the average person that speaks the English language doesn't know more than three to 500 words? <laughs> they say the same words over and over again. Okay, all right, what's next here? How do you plan? Well, what do you mean by how do let me see? How do you plan your goals within your business quarterly? I hate numbers, but I know I need to be more comfortable with looking at my numbers and advice. Well, um, how do I plan my goals? Well, I don't know. You know, I'm a little, I'm, I'm a bit different here because I don't run my company like a conventional company, right? I'm not jumping in a meeting and. Said, okay, guys, here's our quarterly goals. Here's our yearly goals. This, this goals. I don't know. We just, like me, personally, I have a goal that I set for myself. And, of course, I have a goal for the company, you know, for the people that work for me and what they got to do. But I don't do the whole quarterly goals and um, six months goals. Because I run a digital marketing company. It's very different from a conventional business here. But um, like you said, you need to know your numbers now. You need to know your numbers. Um, and you need to look at your progress. Like what we do is we have spreadsheets. We have a ton of spreadsheets that will show the income from different companies every single day. And then, you know, I can meet with Ariella and we can look at last month, or, you know, month before, you know, if we had a drop in income, then we're like, why? What do we need to do? What do we need to implement here? So that's what we do. We have spreadsheets that track our ad spends, checks the return on investment um, from that standpoint. Questions here. Why does the mind have a hard time letting go? Well, I want you to notice what you just asked me. You said, why does the mind? And when you say, why does the mind you're assuming that the mind is not a part of you. You're assuming that you have no control over it. He said, well, why does the mind do that? Well, it's your mind, right? And this happens to a lot of people because you can always, you can understand a person about how they speak about things that are taking place in their life. I give you an example. When people say, I can't get rid of this fear. Or I just feel that somebody's in my ear telling me to do this. Right. It's like they are creating this uh, person or this entity. But it's, but it's you like you're you're you control your mind. So it's not the mind that's doing it, it's you. You're not letting go. But if, when you say the mind as if the mind is apart from you, then you can never fix it. Right. Because you're referencing the mind as an entity that's separate from you. You got to integrate it. It's you. If you're not letting go of things, letting go of the past, it's because you're not allowing yourself to do it.
So all you got to do is say, you know what? Today, I'm just going to let go of the past. Today, I'm not going to talk about the past. I'm not going to talk about the things that hurt me. I'm not going to talk about all the painful moments that took place in my life. I'm just not going to speak about them. I'm going to speak about the prosperity, joy, enthusiasm. I'm going to talk gratitude. I'm going to be grateful. Like, if that's you doing that, right? So you got to be very careful when you talk about, um, you know, how people try to describe themselves or, t- or they attempt to describe what's happening in their life. You have some people say, oh, my heart is so broken. Well, your heart is not broken, obviously, right? I mean, come on. If your heart was broken, you'd be dead. But see, this is how we use. We use metaphors, analogies, adjectives, and these very interesting phrases, symbol, uh, symbols to describe how we feel. You know, some people say, I feel like shit right now. I like, feel like shit. First of all, shit don't feel no type of way because it's not a human being. Doesn't have a heart, doesn't have a pulse. I mean, shit is just, the, you know, this fecal matter that comes out of your butt. So shit don't feel a certain way. But, but have you noticed how, as people, we use these terms to describe how we feel? Because when people think about shit, they feel like, oh, that shit's staying. Well, nobody, wanna, nobody wants to be around shit, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so what I would say is, you know, stop repeating these these idioms and these weird phrases to describe your experience and how you feel, okay? Be very careful about that. Any good books to recommend going into the new year? Uh, of course, you know, Think and Grow Rich. I'm reading that book right now. I'm doing the audio. So when I'm working out, that's the audio that I've been listening to lately here. You know? Hey, Mercedes, how are you? You know, sometimes the same book is great to read over and over again. Okay? The same book. Why does bad event takes time to get rid of a bad event what do you mean i don't understand frankie boy a bad event you mean a bad memory and like i said um it doesn't take any time to get rid of anything that's a bad memory or a bad experience in your mind it's just it can happen right now you can just stop thinking about it the issue is we as people we have so much momentum in the cynical direction of life. Like we just have so much momentum in painful moments. Like if I ask you, tell me some good moments that took place in your life. You could tell me a few, but if I say, you know what, tell me all the bad moments. I mean, you can just, you would have this deluge of things, this flood amount of experiences that you'll share with me about how bad it is, right? And that's momentum in the wrong direction. And the only reason why we have momentum in the negative space is because that's all we think about. That's it. And unfortunately, painful moments are more emotional than moments that are good because we have more painful moments than we have good moments. And we tend to think more about the painful moments than we think about good moments. And painful moments hurt more. I'll give you an example. You know, I always thought about why does painful moments hurt more than good moments. Like if I call, if I say, hey, I think you're beautiful. You'll be like, oh, thank you. But if I say, I know, if, uh, but if I say in retrospect, if I say, I think you're ugly. I mean, it'll hurt you. And the pain, what you feel, you'll feel more pain than you feel pleasure of me calling you beautiful. Is that anything? It's crazy, right? And I think it is because 
It's a lot what's going on in the unconscious part of ourselves. And I think as people, we have low self-esteem. We devalue ourselves. We don't think much of ourselves. We think we're like nothing because we're taught not to be cocky, not to be too confident. Don't be too, bragger. Don't, don't be too, too, too. You know, just be regular, be normal. You know, put your head down. Like, we're taught that, and it's bullshit, by the way. Um, we should be taught to be overly confident people. It's okay to be confident and strong and powerful. But unfortunately, that's found upon on the planet. Like, if you're too confident, then you're cocky. You're too confident, you're a narcissist. You're too confident, you know, you're just egotistical, right? And that's a negative word, right? Then people are like, well, maybe, maybe you're right, maybe I'm too cocky. That's wrong, man. It's wrong. And that's why people have such a huge issue with their self-esteem and how they feel about themselves. Okay. Um, what's next here? Let me see. Uh, I think he's talking about tragic events in his life that make that take time to get past. Yeah, maybe, let's talk about tragic events. You have to understand something. Even the word tragic is relative, right? Some of you may think, how many of you believe if, I don't know, your dog jumped off the balcony and died? Is that a tragic event? Many of you are like, oh, yes, that's a tragic event. Oh, my God. And some people might not think that's a tragic event. Or maybe somebody in your family died. You may say, is that a tragic event? Or maybe your man or your woman cheat on you. Is that a tragic event? Well, you got to understand something about what we call tragic events. It's only how we believe we should respond. Okay, that's it. And unfortunately, people just tend to respond the way that they think they should respond. Like if somebody died, if you don't cry, people say, well, you're not mourning. What's wrong with you? Why are you not crying? Right. It's just, <laughs> you know, you get criticize if you don't show some type of downward emotion because some people don't cry you know some people can somebody brother can die and they don't cry that don't mean they're not mourning you know that's not meaning they don't care about the person or wish they could come back so you know tragedy events and tragic is very relative you know and if you want to get past something that that may seem to be a tragic, a tragedy in your life, realize something. That's you holding on to the tragedy. And that's you defining the tragedy as an event that took place that was meant to hurt you or destroy you. Like if somebody cheat on you, right? If you keep looking at that event as, oh, I can't believe they did this. What's wrong with me? Am I not good enough? What you don't realize, that's what you're doing. You could look at that event and say, you know what? I'm glad they cheated on me. Now I can find the right person in my life. I'm glad they cheated on me. Now I can be out of this toxic relationship. Now I can find, now I can work on myself, right? There's so many ways to reframe these things. But unfortunately, average people, right? You guys, that's in the matrix. When tragedy strikes, you feel that you have to mourn. Like you got to get, it's going to take you forever to get back. You know, this is what people say. They say, well, you know, I know it's going to take you a long time to get over this. And it's going to be a long healing process. It doesn't have to be. 
Does that make sense? Like it does not have to be a long healing process. Why? Because you have control over the mind. You can look and listen, God forbid if my parents die. If they die, I'm not going to be thinking about, oh, my God, I wish they was here. I missed them. So, no, I'm like, you know what? I'm so grateful that they live their dream. I'm so grateful that my parents lived an outstanding, excellent life. I'm so grateful that they have, they're they gone now. They're in heaven. That's where they want to be. And I'm happy that they are fulfilled their potential and they've lived a victorious life. Does that make sense? All right. So tragedy doesn't have to be a tragedy. Tragedy can be an opportunity for you to feel positive emotions. And I gave you guys an example um, in one of my previous rants. Here we go. Let me let me just read this. I was in a horrible car accident a year ago, and it's taken me a lot of time to deal with my anxiety from that. I still don't feel safe with other people driving me in the passenger side. So let me explain that. So when you have a horrible accident like that, Understand that was a very emotional experience. So unfortunately, now you have anchored that emotion to the car wreck and accident. But what I want you to understand, young lady, is, is that you are imagining that experience over and over again. Okay. That's that's what you are doing with your brain. You might say, well, I'm not doing it. It just happened because it happened. But listen, you have control. What I mean is you have to be aware. Like when you feel yourself feeling anxiety about going out and say, hey, I feel fine. I'm going to get in this car and everything's going to be okay. Like you have to talk to yourself. I told you guys about this book called Self-Talk because you have to reframe the experience. When you had that terrible car accident, you maybe some tragic things took place, but what I'm suggesting is you have to change the way that you look at it. It could be a blessing. You know, you having that accident maybe was a blessing in your life. Maybe it was an opportunity for you, right? You have to you have to think that way, right? Because the mind has so many opportunities to create so many different scenarios about things that take place in our life. Like when you're driving in a car, you don't have to imagine the fear. And if it happens, you say, stop. I'm okay. I'm fine. Does that make sense? You got to begin to talk to yourself because you got people that have had terrible accidents and they're fine. The next day, I'm one of them. I had an accident. I flipped over like six times. My friend flew out the car. He had a concussion, right? He went to the hospital and I was driving the next day. Because I just didn't internalize it. Does that make sense? It's, and it's many people like this. Many people that have these tragedy events, these tragic events, it's because they're berating themselves. They're beating themselves up. Oh, why did I do this? And why did this happen? And why did this? And why did this? And when you ask yourself these why questions, you go down this rabbit hole. And you go down the rabbit hole of suffering and anxiety. Right? You know, whatever happened, it happened. Okay. It happened for a reason. Maybe you don't know what that reason is. But what I'm saying is you can give yourself a reason. Say, you know, it was a blessing that it could have been worse. Like you could have been dead. Right? You could be no longer here on the planet. So it was a blessing that you're still living. 
It's a blessing that you can tell your story to other people to inspire them. Does that make sense? All right, questions here. Yeah, that's another thing. Goddess, thank you for that. You know, when people say my anxiety, you know, it's so much you folks have to learn. That's why I thank God for these rants because, you know, I have so much to teach here. When people say my anxiety, that means you own it. Like my anxiety? Like why would you say that is yours when you don't want it? Stop saying my anxiety or my depression. Right? No, no, it's not your no, it's not your as a matter of fact, you don't have any anxiety at all. Like imagine if you had no anxiety. Do you know you don't have to have the anxiety that you think that you do have? You're just looking for a word to describe how you feel. And some dummy told you that it was anxiety and you believed it. I've had people argue with me. No, no, I do have anxiety. I do, I do, I do. I have anxiety. My anxiety, I can't breathe. I mean, they start to describe it to me. They start to get emotional about it. And they wonder why they can't get rid of it. Because it's theirs. They say it's my anxiety. You got to learn how to detach yourself from these emotions that you can't explain or understand. It doesn't have to be what you... Uh, what other people are telling you it should be, such as anxiety or depression. Could be just sad, man. You know, you're just a little sad. Just say, you know, I'm just a little sad. I'm just a little sad today, but I'm, I'm going to be fine in about five minutes. Yeah, right now I just got to take a deep breath, but I'm fine. I don't, I don't have anxiety at all. I'm fine. I mean, you can, you can do that. Like, that's the power of the mind. You can. But many of you believe that you can't. You're like, no, no, this is this is what it is. Because we as people, we constantly want to explain what's happening to us. And we want to understand why is this happening. And someone says, well, you have anxiety. You have depression. You have PSD. You know, people are like, oh, that's why I'm like this. No, stop it. Right? Be careful with the words. Questions here. Folks, are you getting value here tonight? Talk to me here. How to not get attract, attached to people so easy and stay focused on my goals. So what do you mean you get attached? You mean women? Chris? Who are you becoming attached to? Questions for me. Words that come out your mouth are daily. Gotta watch. See, you see what he did here? I'm not picking on you. Wish you could be. But you see how you wrote the word gotta? Gotta is not a word. G-O-T-T-A is not a word. Right? Got to watch. Have to watch. Instead of using the word God, use the word have. Okay? What was your first job and when do you have it? Great question here. So, because I want you guys to know I was a regular person. Because I know you're like, man, Wesley, come on, man. You never was a regular person. You grew up rich. No, sir. Listen, so my first job was I worked at a grocery store by the name of Watkins. If you're from Houston, Texas, if you're from the Cullen, 
Martha Luther King area, you know exactly what I'm talking about here, Watkins. It's just one of those just grocery stores, ghetto, of course. And I worked there. I was um, a bagger. I would bag groceries for the cashiers. And I lasted about a month, and I was fired. And let me tell you why, why they fired me. They said that I was flirting with the cashiers. And I was doing nothing of the sort. I was just having conversations. I like to talk, so I was just talking to them. And they let me go. <laughs> so that was my first job. I was a bagging groceries. I was a hell of a bagger, I'm telling you. <laughs> What's next here? Is it cool to live in denial? No, it depends on what you're denying. Hey, pretty mommy, how are you? Uh, Annette, how are you? What's next here? Well, I mean, they fired me. Maybe, maybe as well they fired me because I was just very lazy and nonchalant too, you know what I mean? You know, I wasn't one of those employees that was like, I wasn't taking initiative, if that makes sense. You know, oh, let me go to aisle five. Let me see if I can go mop something off the floor. Oh, let me go look at aisle six to see if I need to rearrange the pinto beans. Nah. I was very nonchalant. I'm just like casually walking and just talking, having a good time. You know what I mean? And, um... It probably fired me because I just didn't show enough initiative. Or maybe they terminated me because they knew I was going to be rich. They said, oh, this is this man is going to be rich. Like, I was 16 years old. This man is going to be rich. He, he can't. He's not an employee. We can tell this man is going to be wealthy. Let's go ahead and terminate him now. He's going to waste our time. That's one of those wealthy men, one of those wealthy kids. We already know what's going to happen. Maybe that was it. Yeah, I was moving too slow, man. I'm like, I'm like, how fast you want to move? You want me to wear some skates to work? <laughs> Jobs, you know, employers, they're funny. You're moving too slow. You're moving too slow. Come on, huh? I'm like, well, I'm going to put some skates on tomorrow then. So you can see how fast I'm moving. Hey, Adriana, how are you? What's next here? Wes, what was a struggle for you growing up? Ah, what was the struggle for me growing up here? All right, if I could be transparent, you know, I'm always willing to be open with you folks. You know, let's talk about the childhood. It's important to know my childhood so you can understand the man that I am here today. So one of the struggles was... Uh, I didn't have the best relationship with my father. I'll say that. I did not. It was very toxic. And I'm saying that my father was a bad man or he was just terrible, but it just wasn't a friendly environment. We'll say that. You know, growing up, I couldn't talk to my parents. Like my children talked to me. I couldn't have conversations like that with my 
Definitely not my father. Maybe my mom, but not my dad. If I would ever talk to my mom, he'd be like, hey, you should be talking to me. Not not to your mom. Talk to me. That's how my dad was. He was just very authoritative. Um, and also, I didn't hear the love word spoken to me. You know, I didn't hear, hey, I love you, Wes. I love you, Wes. I love you, Wes. The only time I heard the word love when I was getting my butt beat, you know. <laughs> How many of you can relate? All, only the black families will understand this. You know, you're getting a whooping. Well, son, I'm going to tell you something. I'm only doing this because I love you. And this hurts me more than it hurts you. I mean, I don't know who created that line. I, that's the dumbest shit I've heard in my life. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This hurts you more? you you insane. You know, then they say, well, I whoop you because I love you. I'm like, get out of here. So, But that's how I associated love, honestly. Like, I don't tell my children that. If I ever whoop my children, I don't say, hey, I'm doing this because I love you. Because what people don't understand is because they just don't know. Like, children will anchor love to pain, honestly. <laughs> like, if you tell your child that I'm doing this because I love you, you give them pain. So every time you do that, it's an anchor. So pain means love. So in their mind, pain means love. So anytime um, they won't even be in love and if I can be very honest, when I became an adult, you know, it was almost impossible for me to be in love because love to me meant pain. So what's the point of being in love? So I was an asshole to women. Honestly, when I would date them, I would just do whatever I want to do. I didn't care about love. I didn't even think about love because I didn't know how to be loved. I didn't know how to express love. And I didn't know how to take in love. So that was a struggle for me as well. And... um I lack confidence. Uh, my self-esteem was shot because no one told me that I was great, if I want to be honest with you here. And listen, I'm not blaming anybody. My parents are amazing. They only did based off the tools and resources that they had available to them. They were only repeating what took place in their household with their parents. Okay, So not because they were wrong. They just didn't know. But... You know, growing up, I didn't receive a bunch of positive reinforcements. Hey, you're great. You're amazing. You're the best. You know, you're going to do this. Nah, not at all. So if you don't hear that, and that, and I definitely didn't hear it at school, you know, automatically you just have issues with your self-esteem because if no one have ever told you that you were great or that you could do this or that you're king or that you're powerful, then you tend to just listen to what people in your circle tell you. And the people in your circle are your friends, right? And we all know, you know, in elementary and high school and middle school, people, kids, children, they're brutal, man. They're very brutal. They tear that ass up, man. They're going to tell you exactly how they feel. And it's very impactful. It hurts. That's why, you know, you have children and teenagers out here committing suicide and doing drugs and doing all kinds of crazy stuff because, well, their self-esteem is shot. One thing that was very important for me with my children is to build their self-esteem very early, right? Tell them that they're great, that they're amazing, that they're beautiful, you know, all that. And it's the truth. It's like I can't even, I mean, I'm not lying. It's just, it is what it is. I have some, I've been blessed to have some great, amazing children. You know, I got lucky, knock on wood. Right, but it's important. 
And I would suggest if you have children, fill them up with love and pure confidence. I mean, I don't care if they get older and kids and children look at them and say, oh, they cocky, you're cocky. You think you are that? It's okay. It's okay to me you did a good job. Because you got to understand it's a huge gap between a person that has confidence and a person that doesn't have any. And people that have no confidence, they tend to look at people like myself as cocky. And, you know, my children, uh, they're very confident. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. You just meet them, you'll see. You'll feel the, the confidence just bleeding from their veins, man. You may think they're cocky, but um, they're very confident about themselves, extremely. They know who they are. Um, and it's because of me. So make sure you do that to your children as well. Someone to say, I never got love growing up either. Yeah, listen, most people did not. You know, most most of us, we did not get a lot of love, especially black people. You know, you know, black folks, unfortunately, we just they just don't know. We didn't know that we should tell our. You know, listen, you know what I do with my children every time when I and it, this was probably the most difficult part of being a parent um, because, you know, my parents, they didn't really use the love word a lot. They didn't use the love. I didn't hear it at all. I told you only when I was getting ass beat. But I had to condition myself when I would talk to my children. Anytime we get off the phone, I love you. I love you. And my son and all my daughters, I love you. All right, baby, I love you. 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 Every time we get off the phone, now if I'm a little bit mad, if I'm upset, you know, I mean, like, I love you, but I'm about to strangle your neck. But we always say, I love you. Always. I love you. I love you. When you get off the phone, I love you. Always. It's a habit. We've been doing this for years. It's important because they need to feel loved. They need to feel significant and wanted. Right? They all, they, that's one thing they know about me. Wesley, their daddy, got their back. I'm their biggest fan. I said, you know, you don't need nobody in this world. You got your father, but the, the main person you need is yourself. Whatever you want to tell yourself, you tell yourself to make yourself feel better. Okay. Did you use other people's money method to get started or did you use your own money? Um, I used my own money, but I didn't have a lot of it. I did use my own money, but I did not have a ton of money when I started the business. When How to Love came out by Lil Wayne. Okay, what about it? What's the one of the hardest thing, things you ever, you've ever went through that broke you down, but you got back up and learned from it? Oh, yeah, being in a relationship. <laughs> Being in a relationship with a woman, you know, let me tell you something. The only thing that ever broke me down, and this was like 15 plus years ago. Like, I talk about my one and only girlfriend, Michelle. It's like we always talking about Michelle, right? (laughs) Hey, listen, I hope Michelle never listened to these rants because I don't want her to think I'm painting her in a bad picture. She was a phenomenal woman. Uh, but, uh, that relationship broke me down. That was probably one of the only times that I cried. Like, I'll never forget the day. 
I'll never forget this. Let me tell you, folks. Let me break it down. I think I was 26, 27. Like, I'm, I'm a grown man. And we used to fight all the time. And it was so bad. Um, and we were living in Dallas, Texas. It was so bad that we had to drink wine to have a conversation. I swear to God. I still remember the wine. It was Stella Rosa. We had to drink Stella Rosa to have a conversation because it's like, I don't know why we would fight all the time, but it's like, we would always disagree about things and it would escalate. And I remember one night, we on the couch, we just had a terrible fight. No, not fist fight, you just arguing, just going back and forth, blah, blah, blah. Getting, she'd get loud with me, go crazy, and she started throwing stuff. And we were on the couch one day, and we were just crying. And that was the only time I called my father, right? My dad is a pastor. And I said, Dad, I don't know what's wrong with us, you know, and we just can't get along. And long story short, we had we flew to Houston, got counseling. <laughs> oh, I haven't told this story in a long time, honestly, here. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that was tough for me. It was because, you know, I'm the type of man that, I want to succeed in things, okay? Anything. I want to succeed. I want to succeed with my business. I want to see succeed in uh, relationships. And I couldn't make that relationship work for nothing. It was insane. I just could not make this relationship work. It was tearing me alive. You have no clue. But I learned a lot, man. I learned a lot about myself. I learned that I didn't love myself. I didn't know. And let me tell you why I didn't love myself. Um, and I thought I did. It was this young lady I met. I mean, this is when I was with Michelle. And it's this other lady. She had this company called Thick, thickandsassy.com. And she wanted me to help her with her company, with the internet and blah, blah, blah. Right? Now, I'm not successful. Not in business. I had a good job, but... You know, but no one knew I wasn't successful. I was always talking like I was just killing it online. And I was helping this woman. And I was, I found myself kind of venting to her as well. Now, obviously, I didn't do nothing with the woman. The woman's not even my type, right? But she could tell something was on my mind. And I said, yeah, man, I'm going through it with Michelle and blah, 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 blah. And she said, Wesley. I said, yeah. She said, do you love yourself? And I was like, of course. What are you talking about? I'm Wesley Virgin. Of course. Of course I love myself. Are you kidding me? Of course I love me so Wesley Virgin. And you know what this woman told me? I mean, it changed my life. Uh, or it changed how I looked at just the things that I would say based off the things that I would do. She said... Wesley, you've been venting to me about this woman for the past month. You've, been, you've told me how you guys argue, you fuss, you fight every single day. And you can tell that you're just debilitated, you're weak, you're frustrated, you're annoyed. Why are you allowing this to continue if you love yourself? Why are you allowing yourself to put yourself in this type of situation that is beating you down. And I was like, huh. I was like, man, she's right. Why am I allowing myself to go through this? 
because I don't have to. I could just get out. And um, that was some great advice. That was probably the best advice I've ever gotten. What you know, in in life, I've only had two great moments that women have given me great advice, and I've got the best advice in my life from women. You know, isn't that crazy? Two women. This woman about Michelle, because after that, I let her go. I got out of there. You know, I was like, man, I'm gal. I went back to Houston, packed my stuff up. Never saw it again. Never saw it again. And um, the, the other advice I got from a woman was this woman. And I, and I told this story before uh, about the young, the young lady by the name of Kimberlyn, black lady. And she believed in me so deeply that she gave me a globe that I still have here today. And it said, Wesley, you were touching millions and billions of people around the world. I swear to God, I still have this globe today. And this is before I was rich and wealthy. I was training this woman physically, like as a physical trainer. And um, she believed in me. And at that time, I didn't really believe. I thought I believed in myself. But I didn't because this is when I was getting ready to partner with another person, this guy. And he didn't want to partner, and I was upset because he didn't want to do it. And she said, do it yourself. And it's so funny. I never thought about doing it myself. And based off that woman's belief, I made $20 million off that product. So shout out to my black woman. Love you. But does that make sense, ladies and gentlemen here? You see how transparent I am? I have so many stories to tell you. It'll blow your mind here. Like I said, life is a journey, man. And if when you're paying attention, life's journey and pains can serve you very well. Because if it wasn't from, if it wasn't for the lady that told me that I didn't love myself, I would have stayed with Michelle. I'll probably be with Michelle today. Still trying to make it work. Miserable. Right? And if it wasn't from Kimberlyn that gave me the glow and say, Wesley, you can do this yourself, I wouldn't be rich right now. All right? So you have to really pay attention to things that take place in your life because everything, in my opinion, happens for a reason. And it happens for a reason for the greater good. And the greater good is for you and your contribution to the world. Wes, do you think there's any good friends any that average the what? You lost me at any the average world. I don't understand. I need you to write that down again, my guy. Do you think it's wise to date while you're trying to focus on your business? I find it hard to balance with the two at times. Um. No, I don't think it's wise to date anybody when you're trying to be rich. Honestly, being a woman. Hey, listen, that, now this is just my philosophy. Listen, if you are hell-bent on being with a person while you build your company, then you need to listen to another person that's doing that. But I would say it is better to do it by yourself. It's very difficult to build wealth with a person. It's hard. All right? I mean, it's just it's very difficult, man. Because you got to deal with the business, and you got to deal with them at the same time. It's just, It's very difficult. It's not impossible. But it's very difficult. I would suggest men are women, men are women, women, to do it by yourself, man. Just take a break. 
Do it by yourself. Get to know yourself. You know, it's nothing like being by yourself. I think it should be mandatory that people spend a year with themselves where they don't date anybody. You don't have sex with anybody. Just stay with yourself. Get to know yourself. And then get to like, start to like yourself and then fall in love with yourself. You know, really start to enjoy your time. And you'll be a better suitor for the opposite sex or the person that you like or that you want to attract in your life. Many people are trying to find somebody because they don't want to be alone. Because people's biggest fear is to be by themselves and be alone and hate it. But what you don't realize, you're bringing all that baggage to that person. You know, all your issues, you're bringing that to the relationship. And now it's toxic. Because you don't even love yourself. You can always tell when someone loves themselves. You can always tell, man. I'm telling you. And two people that love themselves, genuinely, uh, in my opinion, is the relationship seems to flow a little bit better than the people that don't. Okay? What's next here? Wes, do you think there's any good friends in the average world? Oh, you mean the regulatory world? Um, you know, listen, when you use the word good, I think everybody's good. Are they? Everybody has good attributes about them, or good characteristics, right? But it's not about good or bad. It's just about where I want to be. And, you know... I, I just, I can't be around, not a lot, you know, regulatory average folks. I just cannot do that. I don't want to do that because I don't want to end up thinking like you. Like, I, like, listen, and I'm not trying to be mean here. I'm just trying to be blunt and direct with you. Like, I love everybody that follow me. I love all of you. But I can't go out with you every weekend. I can't be hanging out with you every week or every day, you know, driving in my car. Having a happy hour. I can't do that. No. Because the experience is very influential. Makes sense. Can't do it. And I won't do it. Ever. I can hang around you probably one day. One day out of the year. Okay. But he's right. You are who you hang around with. Wesley, what were some ways to start to love yourself? Easy. Like, you can get out your bed right now, even though I know you won't. You can go to the mirror and tell yourself that you love yourself. And I know, again, you may say, well, come on, Wes. Come on. It can't be that simple. It is. You can look at yourself for five minutes. Look at yourself in the eye and say, you know what? I love you so much. And say your name. I used to do this. Hey, you know, Wesley Virgin, I love you. I really love you so much. I appreciate you. For what you have done with yourself. You have taken yourself from very interesting events in your life in your 20s. And you became the first generation of millionaire in your family. I'm proud of you. Man. And I love you. I love everything about you. I love the man that you become. You see how, see how I'm doing that? I would, I would do this all the time, by the way. You could do that, too. I suggest you do it, like, Now. Or before bed, just before you get off this rant, just for five minutes, just tell yourself how much you love yourself and be 
genuine. And I want you to talk to yourself as if someone was telling you that they love you. And you know when people are bullshitting, right? You know when people are playing around. You know when people don't really feel that you love someone, right? So you get to tell yourself as if you really do feel that emotion about yourself. And sometimes it takes practice because you may laugh. You may cry. You know, I've had people cry. I've had people laugh. I've had people, they can't even look at themselves. They look up, they look left. They can't even look at themselves. Because, see, it's something powerful happens when you look yourself in the eye. And when it's quiet and it's just you. You see you. You see the real you. You see the deeper part of you. And you see, you know, I love you. And it may be hard to say it because you never thought about loving yourself. Because... Um, the emotion that most people experience about themselves is lack or criticism. You're not good enough. You're ugly today. Why are you not getting this right? You know, we, we tend to berate ourselves all the time. Or we tell ourselves on how we're not good enough. So when you tell yourself for the first time that you truly love yourself, the unconscious part of you say bullshit. No, you don't. All right? So um, do it now if you want to. Tell yourself. For a minute, just say, I really love you, Coco. I really love you, man. I love you so much, Clark. I love you, Sensil. I love you, Miguel. I love you. And tell yourself why you love yourself. Give your reasons why. Tell yourself why. It's important. Right? You got to give yourself the legs to support the table. You can't just say you love yourself and you don't give yourself reasons why you love yourself. Okay? Because that's what the woman going to say to you. When you tell a woman, I love you so much, she's going to say, why? Tell me why you love me. Give me the reasons. Like to tell a woman you love her is not enough. She want to know why. Because <laughs> she want to know if you're serious or not. Same thing with yourself. As big as you are, have you ever got into a fight and did you ever get got your ass beat, big ass beat before? Nah, man, I don't fight at all. I'm a lover. I'm not a fighter. Hey, Wes, no questions now. However, I just want to thank you infinitely for your impact and value with the Genius Group. Do we have permission to remix your voice, cut mash it into some EDM? Absolutely. Yeah. And he's talking about the Genie Script. If you guys want to get access to my course where I teach you how to manifest your dreams, just type in the Genie Script in Google, Genie Script, and get it now. You know, um, Even if you don't get it now, get it when you're ready to get it. I mean, it's life transformational based off the people who have purchased the product. Um, I got so many testimonials, and I'm just so grateful that so many people that are getting the genie script now, they're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And the light is there. Question here. Questions here. Folks, ladies, gentlemen, are you receiving value here tonight? Just want to make sure you're getting value here on the podcast here. Okay. 
<sighs> I think it's time for me to go. I gotta go order me some DoorDash, some Uber Eats. Uh, maybe one day I have a beautiful woman to make me breakfast. Maybe I should manifest it, right? <laughs> Get a woman to cook daddy some food. Like, cook daddy some food right now. I don't care if it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Daddy hungry, make me some food right now. Any more questions before I let you folks go here? What high school did you go to? I went to a school called Law Enforcement and Criminal Justice. At one time, I wanted to be a lawyer, but not at all. Nah, it's not too late for DoorDash. It's still open, my guy. Let me see here. Uber Eats as well. All right, folks. Um, good night. Great night. Uh, you know I love you, right? You know, I love you. I'm going to tell you I love you just like I tell my children. I love you. I do. I love everything about you. I love that you're here, that you're listening, and I love that you're taking action, that you're applying this information, and that you're choosing to listen to it again just in case you missed something. Why? Because repetition is the mother of skill. Okay? Repetition is the mother of of skill. Much love. This is Wesley, Billion Dollar Virgin, and let's go.